0: This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Listen, we had to stop an autograph session so Heath could have his own <laughs> autograph session. It was it was impressive.
1: I had never signed autograph before, so I didn't know like I didn't know the proper. Etiquette. We could tell you had. To. <laughs> you're tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale, the original craft beer in a can. Visit OscarBlues.com to find out where Dale's is sold near you today. Now here's your host Regan Smith and Heath White.
0: Welcome, everybody, to uh, another episode of Dale's Pal, Al, Junior Motorsports Up Front. We have a huge show planned for you today. I got sitting next to me here,
1: host extraordinaire, Heath White. I wouldn't go that far, but it is a big show. That almost rhymed. Host extraordinaire.
0: Sitting next to me there, host extraordinaire. Close enough.
1: If if you're trying to be a poet today.
0: Yeah, I'm not really trying. I shouldn't either. Nor should I ever sing.
1: No. Well, we might get there at some point. It's a bet or something. I've sung
0: recently. It was post-win. That video, fortunately, oh, did, yeah. did not show yeah, up. That's true. Unfortunately, there was enough voices in there that uh, forgot that, about that, that one. Yeah, that we didn't hear you that. You never one.
1: know where that might turn up. And we got first name over here. Our statistician, producer extraordinaire.
0: Oh, we'll get to the statistician later.
1: We're gonna try to stump first name. We will get while. to
0: that later, definitely. Uh, right
1: now, though. Oh, right now we've got Chase Elliott on the line. Speed dial. All right, so joining us in the hotline is last week's winner. Uh, Big winner. Big big winner. Come on. A little more excitement out of this. Last week's big winner, Chase Elliott. How's it going, Chase?
2: Hello, hello. How y'all doing?
1: We're good. We're very good. We're just looking over your stats here. Fourth career win last week. And interestingly enough, Regan, Regan doesn't like stats, but I do. I hate stats. Chase's win was the first, he was the first series regular to win at Richmond in the Xfinity Series in 11 years. That's an
0: interesting stat.
1: That is a very interesting stat. 11 years. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty that's good a, time. It's a long time.
0: Not only that, uh, and, and I don't know if you knew this at the time. I'm sure they told you immediately in, in victory lane. Chevy's 400th win. I uh, saw where that happened as well. So that's uh, a lot of cool things happening with that win. It was, man. It
2: was a uh, it was a, a really cool weekend. And, and they told me, you know, it was Chevy's 400th, 400th win. Uh, so, so really happy to have played a, a very, very, very small part in that. So that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> well, I think you played more than. <laughs> More than a small part, and when you get the 400th one, that's the entire part right there at that moment. But uh, you guys were, you guys were strong. Uh, you know, I think all weekend long, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, seemed like a good weekend for the nine team from start to finish. Uh, why don't you just touch on on you know the weekend as a whole? Look like practice, qualifying, everything was really good for you guys.
2: Yeah, I definitely definitely can't complain. And you know how you know weekend goes, it all it all counts, and you have to have you know an entire weekend. Uh, you know, it goes smooth. To, to usually, usually you have to have that to have a good outcome, and I feel like we did. Practice went really smooth. Um, it was just kind of one of those one of those days in practice where you, you unload and, and you're fortunate enough to not have to make a bunch of changes, and you're able to just go make laps and uh, kind of fine tune. And I feel like that's what we were able to do on uh, you know on Thursday afternoon, and uh, that I think that helped a lot going into qualifying. I uh, Didn't qualifying didn't go as well as I had hoped for. I had, I felt like we were um, capable of, of going a little better than that. I didn't think I hit my lap right. And actually, got the wall, and um, that had me concerned. So the day didn't didn't start off very good, but um, the race went just really, really well. I know United.
0: did notice the, the the stops and how good they were and i thought man we we talked about that stuff before the race i should have waited till after the race to talk <laughs> with them about that stuff they were uh you know really all of our teams were on fire i know the 88 team had a little bit of trouble uh getting boxed in on their last stop but uh it, you know company-wide it, it was a day that all three cars easily could have finished one two three and and uh was looking like that was going to happen for a while to that last caution but uh you know, obviously, yeah, yeah and, and very impressive from y'all's standpoint, uh, you know, the early run speed that, uh, that the nine car had. And it, as you said, it wasn't just it was practice. It was everywhere that you guys carried the speed all weekend. And, you know, I think that's a testament to you and to your guys, especially bouncing back after the, the troubles from Darlington that weren't of anybody's doing that just, uh, you know, whatever the mechanical error was there. Uh, put you right back into the ch- into the championship hunt. You're 21 points out. What, uh, talk to us about going to Chicago. What, what are your thoughts now there? with the points being a, a little bit different of a gap now than what they
2: were. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, like you said, just having having a bad week at Darlington and, and not really being anybody's doing. It's just, unfortunately, stuff like that happens, and, and you hate to have it any time. And, and definitely, I know Darlington was a lot more fun last year, that's for sure, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was good to, to kind of bounce back after that. And, and definitely, I think, you know, for us to – We were able to, you know, make some gains. I know know, there's still still just a lot of racing left, and and you know how much can happen in one lap, much less eight or nine races or however many, I mean, we have. I'm not exactly sure the number, but there's uh, just so much, you know, still just a lot of time, and and for us, you know, I just want to try my best to do my part, and, you know, like I said, this past weekend, I I felt like a a big improvement, you know, was on uh, really just Kind of all aspects, but you know, hopefully we can kind of take you know we had it at Richmond, and, and um, hopefully we can have some of that speed at, at Chicago, and hopefully we can try to dial in pit road like we had it at Richmond. You know, like I said before, it I think I've been you know guilty more times than not of messing up our pit stops throughout the year of just not stopping in the box right and not doing my end correctly. And um, hopefully I can I can try to you know work on that this weekend some more and, and try to help those guys out. So uh, I'm just excited to get back to the track and. You know, I've, I've definitely tried to take, you know, Richmond in and, and really enjoy that win. It was a, um, feel like it was a really big one for not only myself, but just our whole team. It, we've had a lot of ups and downs, had a couple opportunities that I've messed up, and I uh, was just really, really happy to get them to victory lane. So we'd love to get back there, but we gotta got to keep digging and, and try to, uh, you know, put together a, a solid weekend.
1: Yeah, and that's the great thing about winning at this point in the year, Chase, is, you know, you need that momentum, and right now – uh, with eight races to go, I think that now is the time. So you guys are certainly moving in the right direction. Now we've had Regan on here. We know what Regan does when he wins. We know he heads, he heads out and has a big party with everybody. Now you, on the other hand, you, you went back. You home. can't party yet. You went back home <laughs> and we're yeah, racing, exactly. racing the late model. Am I right?
2: I did. I uh, we got back from uh, from Richmond and uh, flew back flew back on the team the team plane. My parents were. Right of town, of course, they, they've missed like two races from last year and this year, and of course Richmond had to be one of them. So I hate that they weren't there for that. Uh, but regardless, that you could tell out of you can tell
0: them to stay home a little bit more if you want. If <laughs> wins come from it, you know, it's it, there's nothing wrong with it.
2: Hey, if it if it means they have to stay home for us to for us <laughs> to go and, and win some races, I believe I believe they would probably take one to the team. But um, but no, like I said, I, I hate that they weren't there. But but anyways, we got back from Richmond and. Uh, landed there in Concord, and the weather was weather was nice, so I hopped in the plane and flew on back to Dawsonville. Uh, our team guys were, were leaving uh, Saturday morning to go to Montgomery, Alabama for a late-mile race, so made it made it back real, real late uh, Friday night or Saturday morning, however you want to look at it, and uh, was able to get up in time to make the van ride down to Montgomery and, and race on Sunday, so it was a uh, good weekend down there as well and I uh, had, had a good time.
0: So busy weekend from start to finish. Two wins, a little bit of flying in between. I know you're doing a little bit of flying today before the call in here. I, I gotta ask though, with all those wins and and everything, the the possibly the toughest thing that you tried this entire week, it sounds like was to uh, was to cook for yourself. Is that correct?
2: I did. I did. I, I don't know how much you cook for yourself or or, or don't, but uh, we have a big green egg <laughs> and it's house and uh, I dad. That's pretty good on that thing, usually. I um, guess the
0: bigger question I have is I, s- I see in your tweet here, I did notice this yesterday, that uh, mom's out of town major struggle while you were attempting to cook for yourself. It, you are you are 19 years old, and mom still cooks, huh? <laughs> she does. There's nothing <laughs> like <laughs> well, home cooking, is there? <laughs> you, you
2: see? I mean, you can hate on it all you <laughs> want, but, but as long as my mom's willing to cook for me, I'm going to be at home to eat it. I can guarantee you that. I so guess unfortunately, th- I guess the difference. Not. So. Th-
0: there you go. The difference for me was there was never any food in the fridge for <laughs> me to cook, so I didn't have to worry about it. It was like mustard sandwiches or something like that, and then I just hauled off. I said, "What the heck? I might as well get married, so I can have somebody cook for me." So. <laughs>
2: well, see, I had to go to the store too, which I felt like an absolute idiot walking around the grocery store, I didn't know where things were. <laughs> this we'll is a big. D-
0: I feel like we could have made a movie <laughs> on this whole day of trying to cook and, and chase going to the store. And was that the first time you've been to the store?
2: That, that well. That was the first time I've been at the store to buy anything beyond milk and cereal, so <laughs> I guess that was the first real time. So
1: if it wasn't in the milk or cereal, cereal aisle, you had no idea where to go?
0: No clue.
1: <laughs> I can relate to this, because usually if I get a honey-do list from the wife, I look at the list for the grocery store, and I'm like, I think you might need to come, because I don't know where half of this stuff is, so I, I can't blame Chase for that.
0: full disclosure i know more about a grocery store than i probably should know i actually enjoy i like to eat look i'm a fat kid so you know as much as i like to eat i gotta know where this stuff is in the stores.
2: well i'm learning slowly it it took a while but i made it through i I made it out there out of the lot so i'm happy
1: (laughs) well chase we're gonna let you hit the road i know you got a busy uh busy few days ahead of you um we appreciate you joining us And, and actually we appreciate even more you getting jrm's 25th Xfinity Series win. Twenty fifth. Another stat from
0: this. Yeah. I didn't realize there was all this going on. Four hundredth for Chevy. Twenty fifth wow. for JRM. Yep. Your fourth career win. So a lot going on there. Congratulations on the big weekend. I know it was huge for Napa and for that whole nine team and uh, and for Junior Motorsports. It's uh, you know it's always good to come here and see that checkered flag hanging out there. So congrats and, uh, and thanks for joining us.
2: Absolutely, man. I, like you said, it was just a uh, just I feel like a overall really good weekend for the company and um, definitely for for Napa as well. So I'm excited to excited to have the weekend we had and we'll try to
0: keep digging all right thanks chase cool yeah thing. thank thank you man appreciate it yep anytime
2: y'all have a good day
1: staying on the richmond topic regan it was obviously a great day for all the junior sports cars but we haven't really touched on josh barry yet josh drove a a really really good race for someone that's had two xfinity starts up to that point now he's got three uh but went in there our late model driver short track i don't know if you call him a short track specialist but um, I w- after this weekend, I would, he because he was, he was on point a lot this of people. weekend.
0: Yeah, that was uh, certainly one of, if if not the story that came from the weekend, I think, you know, naturally because of Chase Winn and kind of overshadowed it just a little bit. But uh, he did a phenomenal job. He was quick, you know, right from the start of the weekend, did what he had to do. Uh, that car, that team was, uh, you know, was on point for him so he could go out and focus on his driving naturally that's a big part of it as well when you don't have the experience you you really want to just know that you just have to strictly go out and drive and and do nothing else other than focus on yourself and uh not an easy track not an easy tire combination i think that that was the part that most impressed me with josh's weekend was the the speed that he had on old tires uh richmond is a place that has taken a lot of guys that are really good a long time to learn how to manage those tires how to keep those tires on it through the course of an entire run and and you know there was times at the end of an 80 lap run um he was the quickest car on the track by a significant amount of speed, which which shows that he had saved those tires nicely. So uh, he did a really good job. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think he impressed a lot of people uh, with his performance this weekend. And, and we'll see if it leads to you know more opportunities for him or, or what happens down the road.
1: Well, we, we certainly hope so. But I think
0: junior motorsports as a whole. I know we touched on it with Chase a second ago there, but, uh, you know, there, there was a moment. It really did until that last caution came out. First, second, third, and and you could have sprinkled whatever order you wanted in there. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was looking like we were going to sweep the podium as a company, which would have been extremely cool. And uh, you know, unfortunately, the end, the 88 had a little trouble getting boxed in on pit road. Uh, we had some trouble on the final restart not getting getting going the way that we wanted to, and and it it definitely didn't show the end numbers didn't show the strength of the company this weekend and and, you know that is something we want to build on yeah that's the speed that we've anticipated having everywhere this year and and we've lacked it at a few spots so uh we'll go into chicago this weekend casey obviously in the 88 car chase back in the nine car myself in the seven tax layer bowl car and uh you know we're going to look to build on that and and know that the mile and a halfs and Chicago in particular, when we were there earlier this year, were a place that that we kind of highlighted and said, "Hey, we gotta we gotta find a little bit more here."
1: And you and the seventeen, uh, particularly, you guys have done really well at mile and a half tracks this year. I know typically that's not one uh, from a company standpoint. We had it's not where we've always done our best, but um, as far as the seventeen goes, you guys seem to have the mile and a half stuff figured out.
0: It, we've had some good success early on, yeah, and and we got into a little bit of a lull there in the middle part of the season, and and kind of said, "Hey, what's what's going on?" and and uh, I think Jason and, and the guys have a good idea of, of what direction to go with stuff to, to get it kind of back on track there. But um, definitely have had some success on them, which is odd, because since I've been here, it's not been good for me either as a driver on the mile-and-a-halves. Uh, even Chicago, we led laps earlier this year there and, and had an opportunity to, to get a good solid top-five finish, and, and at the end we just uh, you know lost out on that, uh, got extremely tight, and, and got hammered back in traffic. And uh, you know we're going to make sure that doesn't happen this weekend.
1: And like you like you said earlier, you got Casey in the, the Great Clips car, and that'll be interesting because Casey's this is his Great Clips is back. I don't know Great Clips week back. Yeah, there Casey's go. got uh, this is a perfect segue because Casey's got three races left with us, all Great Clips races um, in the 88 car. So after this week, Casey will be back at Charlotte and Phoenix. So only a couple more times for Casey to get in there and and wheel that car. And interestingly enough, he is bringing the 88's winningest chassis. There so you have it. That's what they're going to have. That's uh, no Harvick pranker. has driven this uh, chassis to three wins.
0: There, well, there we go. You know something else that I thought was kind of unique. And Chase, talk as we talked about his. Uh, you know, they had the struggles at Darlington with the with the mechanical issue or whatever. Um, we had our issues at Watkins Glen. Junior Motorsports is uh, the teams within this company have really shown a nice job of being able to rebound after rough weekends, come back. Yeah. And, and really that's teams, drivers, whatever you want to look at, uh, come back to Pollen weekend and and really you know, step up a little bit. So maybe maybe our formula is to just have somebody or something have a bad weekend so the next weekend you win. Right. That, so you what know. are you
1: saying? So Chicago, we should be not expecting a win since we did w- so well last week?
0: No. No. I'm, yeah, I guess. <laughs>
1: Oh, I stumped
3: <laughs> <up.
0: Yeah. laughs> I took us down an avenue I probably didn't want to right there and it well, just backfired on Why
1: me? don't we just make Richmond a stepping stone for one win and then the next Now
0: we can build on it yes. and just continue the wave of and momentum.
1: You're exactly right though, because last year I think, you know, we did so well last year and every place we went we were fast. Um and this year it's finally we're kinda not, not that we're where we need to be right, right yet, but we're. This getting This weekend is
0: going to be a big sign as to as to where we're at. You know, we've been working hard on that on that intermediate package, trying to improve it and trying to get it to to where we felt like it needs to be, and and not only just to be fast, but to be able to be fast if we're if we get trapped back in the pack if we have an issue and we're in tenth place mm-hmm. to be able to come through the pack because we've noticed some cars that are good at doing that and can do it with relative ease, and uh, you know th- it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting weekend to see how that all plays out.
1: And speaking of interesting, we are not on not only running Xfinity series, we also had the truck going this week too. So Kyle Larson is taking his first stab in the double
0: zero house automation truck. I felt bad. I didn't see the press release on that. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> I guess I found out after the fact that's because the press release didn't go out. Dale made that announcement uh, on Sunday there uh, via Twitter. So yep. uh, I think, you go know, ahead. that's that's an exciting time to have Kyle in that truck. He's uh, Anything anything he, he gets in, he's, he's pretty exciting to watch, and, and I'm sure this won't be any different.
1: And I think the takeaway here is, you know, race fans are like, oh, you guys are putting a different driver in that truck every, every week. But the key is are they are building. They're in a building mode right now in anticipation of, you know, what's going to happen in the future. So just trying to get everything right um, just so that program's ready to go. When you're
0: sitting on two wins in the season already and you're in a building mode, that's that's a good sign for the future. I'd say so. and, and whatever the future lies for that team, I think that's uh, you know that's definitely a good sign for that.
1: So that truck race is going to be Friday night, September 18th. That's this Friday, and that's going to be on FS1 at 830 uh, Eastern time, and then Xfinity. You guys are actually this usually is an afternoon race, but this week, this Saturday, it's going to be at six o'clock Eastern time, and it's going to be on NBCSN.
0: A little bit later start time for us than normal. Um, not not sure the reason for that, but uh, you know shouldn't change it too much. I think the speed's going to pick up at the end of the race yeah. a little bit as that track gets shaded. This time of year, the shade starts coming a little bit sooner. One thing to watch for that could play a part in this race just a little bit as Chicago. The sun. Um, that time of day can be very difficult. And I remember practice last year, we had like a 5 to 6 o'clock practice, which was way later than the race would have been. Uh, The race started at like 1 o'clock last year. But that five to six o'clock practice, there was a moment where you're just like, give me 10 minutes before I even go back out there because it's so bad. So that put that could play into the race a little, uh, you know, see if guys make mistakes going into turn three because of it. Turns three and four is kind of where it sets and, and where you have the issues with it.
1: So was that something the team looks at when you guys look at different start times like Chicago? Like you said, last year it was one o'clock. This year at six o'clock. Do you look at that and kind of prepare a little differently?
0: I don't know that the that the teams necessarily do because we're still just trying to build speed into the race cars and, right. and make them go good and make them drive good everywhere. Um, you know, they'll look at it from a temperature standpoint and say, hey, the track might tighten up or free up or, or whatever they feel their notes say it's going to do. Um, I purely look at the start times from a sun standpoint. Yeah. I've got I've got a note about everywhere we go, like, hey, the sun's a problem this time of the day, so you know. This, is, uh, this could be an issue if, if you're not careful with so it. So if you want there's a not tin advisor to, or not? And there's not much you can do about it. You know We'll run a tin advisor, and, and you may have to flip your visor up at the end of the race for the last so many laps because if it gets that dark, I don't anticipate it being that dark at that point. But uh, it's something we'll pay attention to it on Friday and, and see where it's at, and then you know, assuming that it's not too cloudy on Friday, and, um, and that will give us a sign of what, what to expect.
1: Well, it should be an entertaining race regardless. All right, we're get, we've got a new. A
0: bit I'm a excited new, about this.
1: A, a bit of a new segment here. We're we, gonna
0: we're gonna see how this goes, and, and everybody that listens can give us some feedback on Twitter uh, as to how much you hate or love this segment. So we're gonna
1: have to, uh, you know, preface this a little bit. First, the background on this segment is we were we were going up to Bristol a few weeks ago. Regan, myself, and First Name for uh, doing some uh, Tax Taxler Bowl, and. We thought First Name is like our statistician guy. Like, and throw any type of sporting stat at him, um, and he'll usually get it right.
0: It's a, it is absolutely amazing. It's kind of sickening, I'm not going to lie. As somebody that's never been good at like, you know, anything to do with school or books or anything like that. First Name can just boom, top of his head. It doesn't matter if yeah. it's a name, a number, a movie, you even know, now. Yeah. The average punt for the 1979 season of the NFL was how far? Boom, what? oh, 54 yards, you know, just like that, out of the thin blue air.
1: And first name's background is in stick and ball sports, so rightfully so. But Regan and I were debating about something. We didn't know the answer. We said, hey, let's ask first name. Sure enough, first name knew. There was the answer. So we said, let's try a segment on the podcast to see if – he's getting all shy. He's all quiet over there right now. Um, we, let's try a segment on the podcast We'll see if we could stump him. So we didn't know how far to go, like what stats would really stop him. Like we don't want to go with some outrageous stat, you know. But I really just want to
0: showcase how incredibly good he is at this.
1: And just so everyone knows, first name does not really have an idea of what we're about to ask him. He knows it's probably related to It's going to be really embarrassing football. if I get this wrong. <laughs> um, let me just uh, let me just make sure you're yeah, all good to go over yeah. here. Uh, but first name, your first – so we're going to try this. One yeah. question. Okay. All right. So you're a big USC fan. Yeah. Gamecocks fan. Yeah. You're a big Panthers fan. So we want you to name all 11 offensive starters for the Carolina Panthers.
0: All right. Quarterba- that could be tough because they've got a lot of injuries. They've been uh, – I've
3: got a recent list here. Like right now? Like right this off second? the top of your head. Okay. Uh, quarterback Cam Newton. Yes. Running back Jonathan Stewart. Tied in Greg Olson. Wide receiver Corey Philly Brown. Wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, left tackle Michael Orr. Left guard – Amini Silatolu, center, uh, Ryan Khalil, right guard, Trey Turner, right tackle, Mike Rimmers.
0: That's ten. We need That's one ten. more. I I would think another receiver, right? Another yeah,
3: receiver, receiver.
1: Oh, uh, Jericho Kotri. Alright, that was I'm like, how did he not get Jericho Cotteri?
0: I was wondering, I was wondering. That's impressive.
1: I don't know if my, my my thing is completely updated. I have the right tackle as Darryl Williams. Darryl Williams just got hurt. Okay, so now see? It's that's <laughs> what I'm
3: talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Darryl Williams is <laughs> out for a two to four weeks MCL sprain. So. Well, yeah. we're
0: going to dive into this weekly. We're going to add this uh, for everybody to, to hear weekly, and it'll be different stuff. We'll do some racing. We'll do some uh, you know different sports, different things. But it is, it is phenomenal Heath's, to listen. Heath
3: is a really good racing historian. Anytime hey, we talk about, stuff. well,
0: maybe I'll start asking the questions to both of y'all, because I can promise you I am no- nowhere near that when it comes to Historian. All right, follow-up
1: um, question, though. I've got what well, Since that seemed to be a little too easy for him, um, and this is probably too easy, too. All right, Ryan Khalil, mm-hmm. where did he go to school? What year was he drafted? Southern Cal, that's the school. The
3: year drafted, ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. He's going to be so mad he doesn't get it. Okay. Think he was on the Super Bowl team, so it was it wasn't 2003, 2004,
1: 2007.
0: Damn. <laughs> As we throw stuff through the studio.
1: So that was Stump first name. Our newest segment to the podcast. Yeah. We need like an. Damn you, like, Ryan
0: Khalil. <laughs> just, listen. Just being close on some of that stuff is amazing to me, and and this this happens regularly. We can be up in the offices discussing the show, and and totally just off off the cusp on a team that you know I don't know, a team that nobody even knows who they are yeah. in the middle of nowhere and, and first name can pull a stat first somehow about that team. It. Hey did you know that team back in the day? And did this, this, this and this and it's it, fun to watch. It is absolutely
1: so anytime if we ever bring first name to the track and any of our listeners actually see him wandering around doing social media stuff, ask him a question. Any question. Any any sporting related
0: question. I don't think anybody's I don't know if they're me gonna yet. recognize him. Yeah,
3: them. no one's recognized me at the track. Yeah.
1: Perhaps we should post a picture of his face with when we put the podcast Maybe we up. could
0: do like a catfish thing and we could post a picture of somebody else and say <laughs> this is his first, first name same. and see, how, <laughs> see if that person gets all the questions. We just put
1: like a picture of a celebrity up there and it'd be like, oh, this is first name is that Davis. <laughs> that looks like Brad Pitt. No, that's his first name. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> People recognize you, Heath, this year. Uh, it happened year. one Iowa? Time. Was uh, listen,
0: we had to stop an autograph <laughs> session so Heath could have his own <laughs> autograph session. It was it was impressive.
1: I had never signed autograph before, so I didn't know like I didn't know the proper. Etiquette. We could tell you hadn't too. I signed like, <laughs> it nice and it straight. was cursive.
0: Have you uh, you bought a house, right? You well, own yeah. a house. You signed a s-
1: stack of paperwork
0: like that. Okay, That's well, not did not you an sign autograph? your name to it? That's
1: not an autograph though. Yeah, just
0: leave the middle initial out. You'll be okay.
1: Regan Regan just does a big R and a big S.
0: But there's other stuff in Yeah, there. but it's legible. There's other stuff. I've yeah. seen
1: some bad autographs come through here. Like, bad.
3: I didn't know you could have a
0: bad autograph. If you You're, Heath, read it... Heath's autograph reminded me of my wife's, is the best <laughs> way I can put <laughs> it. Like, she does all mean? this really perfect cursive, really pays attention. You can read everything about it. And Heath's was the same way. It's like, oh, are you an English major, <laughs> sir? Great. <laughs>
1: Well, here's what I figured. I figured, uh, you know, the guy we signed it for was gonna go home and have no recollection of who this bozo that signed his hat was. So I wanted to make sure it was at least legible, so he could be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that weird guy from the podcast."
0: <laughs> and then he could be like, "Why did I, why did I ask him for that no. You He can
1: Google Heath White. And Regan made sure that that everyone saw that. So appreciate that, Regan. Uh,
0: myself as well as Tiff Daniels. I believe she was the one that. Uh, who told made her sure to take the picture? I I may have pointed out that you were signing an autograph to everybody that was there that I could.
1: One and done, that's what I call that. One and
0: done. <laughs> there you have it.
1: Alright, but that's going to take us into our second segment of the show, which is our K1 Speed Hot Laps. First name, you got everything ready for this?
3: Yep, K1 Speed is America's premier indoor go-kart racing center. With 27 locations nationwide, there's bound to be one near you. Visit K1Speed.com today to find a location near you.
0: Alright, I want to touch on the final race for the chase at Richmond this past weekend. Dale Jr. had a nice day, finishing 5th. They were not. I watched the practice speeds. I watched what was going on in practice. They weren't where they wanted to be. That team did a really nice job rebounding to get up there. Uh, I think that's a lot of momentum for them going into the chase. Also wanted to touch on the lack of drama that came from that last race. Eric Almirola did a really nice job of getting himself in position and was very impressed with what that team did. Uh, unfortunately, the way the points shook up, it just wasn't as exciting as the past couple Richmonds Richmans have been. I'm hoping that...
3: Alright, it's the fall, and two things have launched. Stephen Colbert's new late-night show and football. Two PSAs also. One, watch Stephen Colbert's show. It's been great so far. Two, all football coaches, when it's a short yard situation, don't run the play from the shotgun. It's already troubled my South Carolina Gamecocks twice this year, and it cost us a game against Kentucky, and it's the worst formation to get in in a short yard
1: situation, and it's so dang frustrating. Get some passion there. The Seahawks are probably taking no. For that. Exactly. All right. I'm gonna stick with the football theme and I want to explain to you why I'm so bad at fantasy football. Everyone I draft gets hurt. I'm gonna name you the star players that I have drafted that have gotten hurt over the past three years. 2015, I drafted Dez, Bryant, hurt. 2014, Jamal Charles, Calvin Johnson, both hurt. 2013, Doug Martin, Julio Jones, Julio played five games that year. 2012, Maurice Jones Drew, who only played six games. If I draft you in fantasy football, your season is
0: pretty much over. <laughs> We we're gonna have an awkward moment of silence there if uh, you know if you didn't hit the horn early on. Yeah. That's bad. That's a bad record. How'd your team do this weekend, Heath? Well, <laughs> your I fantasy football team.
1: For, I thought you were gonna start the show with this.
0: No, I. I'd, uh, I'd okay. like to close it on we a good note.
1: Could have done a little better. Uh, just so everyone listening knows, Regan and I had a week one matchup in junior motorsports fantasy football this week. I started off strong with Gronk putting up 27 points on Thursday night. However, Regan made a hell of a comeback.
0: However. There's always a but in these situations.
1: Regan made a comeback. You also had, you also put up like 36 points with your kicker and your defense, special teams. That's that's You got to
0: draft smart, bud. That's draft all I'm saying. Smart.
1: You know what? I told him draft dra- go deep. He drafted that Broncos kicker because Mile High is the high altitude, so he, the ball's going to carry. I do carry it. I do bit. it every year. I, he, that is I think officially you did do it last the year fourth too.
0: straight year of fantasy football I've drafted Denver's kicker purely because of the thin air up there, and the weather's not that bad. Everybody always thinks, oh, it's bad weather in Denver, and and. It's going to be tough. It was 88 degrees in Denver on Sunday. It was hotter in Denver than it was in North Carolina, where it was 75 degrees on Sunday.
1: Regan wants us to think he puts a lot of thought and effort into this, but I think he just drafts. Just willy nilly.
0: Well, we'll see at the end of the year because <laughs> I've got a pretty stout team stacked up on uh, on the roster there. And uh, I could have sat out probably three players and still beat you.
1: That's actually probably true, as sad as that is. I, I believe said. it was,
0: what was, 130 to like 90 the final score? Yeah, it was roughly. Good. You put yeah. up the
1: most points in the league that this last week does that surprise you no okay anyways you should take that momentum. Good. it doesn't surprise you good it shouldn't i'm not gonna say it does because then we'll get into a 10 minute debate as to who's <laughs> the better fantasy football player and i hope you carry that momentum into this week regan i hope you do carry that winning attitude into chicago that's the plan see what i did there i took our football and turned it into racing Yeah, i like for it. all our racing listeners
0: Creator. i feel like that's where we need to end this because it's getting deep now
1: that's it thanks everyone for listening this week football racing whatever we'll talk about
0: it Chicago, six o'clock uh, Eastern Time on Saturday afternoon, NBC Sports Network. Don't forget to tune in. We'll have all three junior motorsports cars: with the number nine NAPA machine, the number eighty-eight Great Clips this weekend, and the number seven TaxSlayerBowl.com Chevy Camaro. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio.
1: Race fans, did you know Oscar Blues was the first craft brewery to put their beer in cans? That's right. In 2002, Dale's Pale Ale paved the way for the craft can revolution, allowing their great beer to be taken anywhere, on the trail, a day on the lake, and especially to the racetrack. And with brewery locations in Colorado and North Carolina, you can be sure you'll find fresh Dale's Pale Ale near you. Visit OscarBlues.com and find out where to get your Dale's today.